Well, uh, let's have a word of prayer before I go into our message today. And blessed Heavenly Father, thank you again for, for your presence with us today. For where two or three are gathered, the promise is, is that you are with them. And there is no doubt that you are with us today at this moment. At this moment, I ask that you may open our ears and our hearts so we may be receptive to the lessons that you want us to learn. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's been a couple of weeks, but we reconvene our series on Into His Likeness. And before we go into today's sermon, let's do a quick recap. The first week when we talked about Into His Likeness, we were talking about the purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? Because some people believe the purpose of life is to find my calling, and then I'm going to live up to that calling. We realize that could be a bit narcissistic if you think about it, right? That this is who I need to be. Then we learned through the Bible that perhaps the purpose in life is not about to find your calling, but it's to walk with Jesus so we can be transformed into his likeness. I believe that is a stronger purpose in life, to walk with Jesus so you and I can be transformed into his likeness. And then week number two, the second week, we then talked about how if we're talking about God's likeness, being created or coming, being transformed into Jesus's likeness, we have to think about what is God's likeness, right? And so on the second week, we realize that God, God's likeness is in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God is created in three ways. Well, guess what? You and I are created in the Trinity model of mind, body, and spirit. So today's message is called Into His Likeness, Knowing God. Knowing God. This word in the Hebrew, which is yada, which I think it should be review for you by now because last October, we had a series on, on the shadows of our heart. And, and David said in Psalm 139, I think verse 23 or verse 24, he says, and know my heart, O God. Remember that? That's the same word here. To know God or knowing God is yada. And I'll speak more about what yada means just in case you can't remember what we talked about almost a year ago, right? I don't expect you to remember that. But our sermon title today is Knowing God, because knowing God can be the greatest light bulb experience you, have, you can ever have in your life. Have you ever had that light bulb experience, Obadiah? Yeah? See? He's saying yes. Do you know what, what I'm talking about, the light bulb experience? It's having an epiphany. It's having an epiphany where, where you may have been struggle, struggling with this, with this problem and you've had these questions on how to overcome this problem and then all of a sudden, boom, a light bulb turns on in your head and you have the answer. Knowing God is that light bulb epiphany moment in your life. I had one recently. Six months ago, 
my wife noticed, I think it was probably a year ago, Dad, when my wife noticed that pigeons wanted to live in our barn. We built this barn, or we had someone build a barn, I'd say about 2020, uh, 20, November 2020, it was finished. And we enjoy this barn. My father-in-law, Bob, who's at the controls here, he enjoys his side of the garage where he can work on his cars on his lift, while my wife has the barn side where she has two horses. Well, when our contractor built this barn, they didn't put a ceiling. They left the roof open. So the, the cross beams, the two-by-fours, they're, they're all visible. Well, what happened a year later? Birds started to move in. Pigeons. And I told my wife, hey, is that a concern of, uh, is that a big concern right now? And she said, no, it's not. It's just one or two birds. Well, you're laughing, so you know what happened here, right? What happens with one or two birds? <laughs> yeah, they multiply. So six months ago, we realized these one or two birds became eight birds. And so we're doing everything we can from chasing them, throwing rocks and scaring them off, but nothing seems to happen. And so I'm, st I'm stuck at this thought, what can we do? I don't, I don't feel like putting drywall on there because I don't want to close it up. It's just going to get dirty. And then all of a sudden, my wife had an epiphany. She had a light bulb moment. As we were looking around our yard, our yard has a fence for the horses and to make sure the dogs don't get out there's chicken wire on the fence so bobby saw the chicken wire and she said what if we put chicken wire on top as a ceiling for us so the birds can't get in what an epiphany what a wonderful thought and then i asked her who's going to do the work <laughs> and she said well you of course so the last month, I've been putting chicken wire on our ceiling. And I have the proof because my arms and my legs and my neck is all scratched up from chicken wire. But, but it's okay. It's, been a, it's a, been a wonderful experience to put chicken wire on a ceiling. I now kind of get an idea of what Michelangelo experienced in painting the Sistine Chapel looking up all the time. But that was a wonderful epiphany. This resonates with you because I know you've had light bulb moments in your life. What are the light bulb moments in your life? The greatest light bulb moment you can ever have in your life, especially if you're new to the faith, especially if you're new to hearing about Jesus Christ or God, is to know God. In Psalm, and this is our key text for today, in Psalm 46, verse 10, Who's the one talking? It's God who's talking. And I believe it's, he's talking, he's sharing this to David, right? Remember David who fought Goliath, who became the second king of, of Judah? Well, this is what God told David. He said, be still, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. There's three words I want us to focus on here today. But before I share those words, I want you to just 
read this text again in your mind. And I want you to think about how it resonates with you and which words stick out. I'll give you three words in a moment, but read this again. And I want to know how this resonates with you. Be still. Be still. So still that the only thing you can hear is the air passing through the vents. Be still and know that I am God. How do you think God said this to David? Do you think he was saying it in a loud voice? Be still and know that I am God. Or do you think it was calm and soothing? Right? Legia thinks calm and soothing. I think that's how God said it to David. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. My brother-in-law, sister's husband, my sister's husband, Josue, has taught their dog Spanish commands. And it's pretty neat. I still prefer the English word for sit instead of siéntate. I just feel like it's too long. But, but when, when, when Canela, that's her name, is rambunctious, do you know the word that he uses? He says, calma, calma. I do love that word, calma. And I almost feel like this is what God is telling David. Be still. There's three words I'd like us to focus on here today, some key words. The first one is the obvious one. The phrase, be still. It comes from the Hebrew word, rapa, which means to grow slack or give it some slack. Have you ever had a tight rope before? And the best example that I can think of is those ratchets that you've tightened to tie something down on the back of your pickup truck or maybe somewhere like a, a, a tent. And those ratchets can get stuck. And then you're trying to move your cargo, but you realize I can't move my cargo because there's no slack. Well, that's what rapa means, to give it some slack. So, in a sense, it's like God saying, cut yourself some slack. Be still. Or, release. Release what? Release your burdens to me. Release your worries to me. Release your concerns, your anxiety, your depression, your anger. Release it. Be still. Rapa. Or cease. Cease is similar to stop. Whatever you're doing, stop at that moment. Do you see how God is saying this to David? He's saying it in the present tense. He's saying, you be still. And in, when, you pass, uh, when you parse words in the Bible, it's a beautiful thing to look at who is God speaking to or who is that character speaking to and how is it being spoken to that character? Because if you were to break this down, this phrase, be still, is an imperative, which means it's a command. It's not a request. David, would you like to be still so I could tell you more about me? No. God is giving a command here. He's saying rest 
ceasing, stop, giving yourself some slack is actually a command of God. If you don't think, if you, if you want a better example of God finding rest as a very important thing to be still, think about the fourth commandment. Six days you shall work and on the seventh day you shall what? You shall rest, right? There's a similar concept here. To be still. He's telling David. He's commanding David, stop. Stop for what purpose? Well, the second word is, so you can know me as God. Be still so that you may know that I am God. What's the purpose of the stillness? So you can recognize God. This is the epiphany part right here. The greatest epiphany that you can ever have in your life is to know God. And this comes from that, that, that Hebrew word, yada. Last year, I spoke briefly on it. And just to remind you, this is also the same word, yada, that's spoken or that's used in Genesis chapter 4, where it says, and Adam got to know his wife. And we know what that means, right? That Adam and Eve slept together to have in, in, in marriage to have more children. So that's a very intimate word to know. Well, there's something called knowledge. And for me to know that a certain car has 350 horsepower, it can be common knowledge. I can also say that there are eight planets, though I will refute and say when I, when I was taught in, in grade school, there was nine planets. By that, at that time, Pluto was still a planet. Now I'm looking at the kids. Is Pluto a planet today? Okay, my niece Nyla said no, and I'm seeing a head shake here saying no. Well, okay, so that's knowledge, right? That's for me to know. But how do you compare that knowledge of me knowing planets to the knowledge I have of my wife? Think about your spouse. That's a different level of a knowledge, right? To know. If you've ever seen Avatar, I'm a big movie buff, I'll, I'll be honest. And I love Avatar. There's this phrase in, uh, in that movie, in Avatar, where they touch each other's face and they say, I see you. You know. Do you remember that, Dad? Dad's a big Avatar fan, too. They, they touch their face. The, the, um, the man who who is saving his wife, or I think actually the wife saved the, the man in the movie. I don't want to say, say too much because I don't want to spoil it in case you didn't, haven't seen it. She reaches out to him and touches his face like this and says, I see you. Kind of that concept of, I know who you are. This is who you are. Right? It's that very intimate, that intimate level of knowledge that God is telling David here, be still, And know, realize, learn, understand that I am God. And because you come to this great epiphany that God, that Elohim, is the one true God, then he is to be exalted. That's the third word I want us to see here uh, in this verse, is that he is to be exalted, which comes from the Hebrew word rom. Rome can also mean to raise up or lift high or revoke. So in this sense, the best translation here is to 
be exalted, that God be exalted or lifted high because David can now see and know and understand that God is truly God, the King of all kings. Now, for us to really understand this text, we have to look at this. I should have written a breakdown of Psalm chapter 46, not just verse 10, because we're breaking down the entire chapter. You can see that there is, I don't know if this was done intentionally by the writer, by David, but let's go ahead and read Psalm chapter 46. Psalm 46. And let's go chapter 1 through, um, or verse 1 through verse 7. Psalm 46, verse 1 through 7. You can break this entire chapter down into three segments. And that's what I'm going to show uh, show to you all today. In Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, it says, God. How does this start? God is our refuge and strength. That part needs to be established. That's how this chapter starts. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. So when we have trouble, who is our refuge and strength? God. We have to remember this part because this will give us more clarity on what Psalm 46 verse 10, our key text, tells us, right? Then in verse 2, it says, Therefore we will not fear Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, we're not going to be in fear, despite all of those things happening. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And this is where we get the city of God in uh, in this breakdown. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Do you see the common theme here? That when calamities come, when trouble comes... Who is our fortress and strength? God. The God of Jacob is what verse 7 says. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, as I just read verse 2 and verse 3, that can be relevant to us even to this day. For do we not see mountains fall in our day and age? Do we not see glaciers melting, falling into the sea? Do we not see weather catastrophes? Like, I think, what, what date was it? Uh, it was just a few weeks ago when they said the hottest day in the entire world was just two weeks ago. We're seeing calamities that the world has never seen before. And I'm not speaking on one side, whether you're a, a climate change believer or not. That's not the point here. The point is we can relate to calamities. Because as calamities happened then, so they are happening to us today. And what is the message? The calamities is not the end all. If anything, we can trust in God as being our fortress. And that's the true message here. So, 
keeping Psalm 46 verse 10 in mind, if we were to break down the chapter of Psalm 46, verse 1 through 7 is about calamities in the city of God. That though this world may crumble and fall, what we read in verse 4 and verse 5 is that there is a city that will not fall. That God's presence is in that city, right? That it will persevere. Well, when calamities come in your life, what does Psalm 46.10 tell us? Be still. When there's calamities, be still. How can you be still? Knowing that God is your fortress. So now if we go to the second breakdown of Psalm 46, it says the works of the Lord. And let's go ahead and read this one. Verse 8 and verse 9 says, Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought out. On the earth, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Verse 8 and 9 talks about the work of the Lord. And so when we come to know, how do we come to know God? Well, our commentaries point out that humans know God through what? Through his works. How are we to know God? Through his works. How are, how are you to know that your spouse loves you? Well, through the works of your uh, wife or your, or your husband. The way he or she shows the love, right? I'm not just talking about an argument for, hey, see, Pastor Ed just said that you should get me chocolates or flowers or that you should remember me and, and get me a nice, I don't know, what do men like? Um, Tickets to a rock and roll concert? I don't know. But, but you get the idea. How do you show your love? It's got to be shown in an active way, not just through words. And so the same way goes to, uh, with God and his relationship with people. How do we know God loves us? Well, let's go back to, to Exodus chapter 20. I read this earlier, or I read a part of it. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 that is uh, one of the commandments, the fourth commandment. But we're going to go to verse 11. How do we know God loves people, loves you and me? Well, number one, it says here, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. And for what reason? To have a holiday with you and me. To have a holiday with you and me. If we were to, if we we're going to go to the first uh, commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, what does it say here? Even before he gives the commandments in verse 2, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I brought you out of slavery. What's the whole point of God telling us that? It's to show us that through his works, he loves us. There is a balance between the two. Some might say there's legalism in that. I don't think so. I think if we naturally love someone, we're going to want to do good for them, right? We're going to want to, good, to, to do good for them. I don't have kids, but as I look at 
Naomi, and as I look at Nathan here, I can see that they do good for their kids, right? Number one, they're bringing them to church. Number two, they, they provide with food, shelter, clothes. But what's more important, tell me now, children, I'm speaking to the kids now. Have your parents ever hugged you? Yeah? Thumbs up. I got a thumbs up from Nyla, head, uh, head nod, and from this young man, two thumbs up, right? Your parents have hugged you, right? Why do you think they felt the need to hug you? Why do you think they felt the need to hug you? What does that symbolize? Yeah, love, right? So that is through works. That's the balance between the works and love and faithfulness. So the works of the Lord is how we know he loves us. Going back to Psalm 46.10. We're breaking down Psalm 46.10, and we see how the entire chapter supports verse 10. So now we come to the last two verses. Psalm 46, 10 and 11. Psalm 46, 10 and 11 says, Be still, and there's our key text, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So the last two verses talks about God's presence. And his presence is where? What does the text tell you? Can someone say it out loud? What does the text tell us? His God's presence is with who? With us. And because it's with us, then we fall in love with him and we praise him and we exalt him for it. That's how Psalm 46 is broken down. Knowing God, how is knowing God the greatest epiphany that you can ever have in your life? How is knowing God the greatest epiphany that you can ever have in your life? Well, number one, you learn that God is the ultimate sovereign king of this entire universe. Number two, you learn that God created you. And that you have purpose and meaning to him. And in number three, he loves you so much that he gave his one and only begotten son so that you may have eternal life. How is knowing God the greatest epiphany in your life? You may have seen this bumper sticker sometime uh, while you've been driving. Somewhere, right? Or maybe you've seen it in a shirt because they've actually made this into a shirt as well. I love this because it says, No Jesus, K-N-O-W, No Jesus, K-N-O-W, No Peace. But if you have No Jesus, N-O, No Jesus, you have No Peace. Isn't that clever? Yeah, it is. And whoever made it can't say they just got it out of their mind. If anything, they give... Um, they give a reference that they got it from uh, Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. If you know God, here's what happens in your life. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. 
That's to know peace. If you want to know peace, you have to have a knowledge of God. So, how does this tie into his likeness, into his likeness? Well, the message today focuses more so on the mind. Remember, we're made in three, in, in three, oh, we're in, made through the Trinity model of mind, body, and spirit. This message talks about mind. If you want a mind of peace, then you have to know peace. 